0: Well, good morning and welcome. And so, uh, we're going to uh, talk about David a little bit. David's always a good source material to talk about because he he had a heart for God. He also made mistakes. He's very relatable and we're going to talk about him today and we're going to continue on some from what we talked about last week and and just this bigger picture we've been talking about purpose and we're going to continue on with that but first let's have a a word of prayer dear heavenly father we thank you for this day father we thank you for just allowing us to be here we thank you for your word father we ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it father and just take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through we ask this in the name of your son jesus amen and um Many of us have either been to an interview or we've conducted an interview. And uh, so if you're going to a new job or you're applying for a job or you're wanting to hire someone for a job, there's an interview process and it starts out, you you might fill out a resume or a job application. There's going to be a series of, of written questions on there and uh, you're going to, Attach a resume, which is going to talk all about you, all the things you've done, your uh, accomplishments, what kind of licensings you hold, what kind of education you have, all your your good points. And then if uh, you're selected from that point, you go through and there might be a an oral interview where they're going to sit and they're going to talk back and forth. They're going to ask you questions. You're going to answer questions to either one or more people. And uh, you're going to really get to talk about yourself. You're going to you know, explain your weaknesses, your strengths, and how you'd handle these situations. Sometimes there's practicals where they might give you a test. They might give you a project to do to be able to showcase your skills in this particular area. And then if you get through all of that, there might be some additional things. They might want you to take a drug test, a background check. They might want to pull your credit. They might want to call your previous employers and find out different things. And the reason is, is because when we assign people, when we have people working for us, or we want to make sure it's a good fit. We want to make sure there's going to be longevity there. We're going to make sure that they are an asset to, to the company and not a liability. And that is why we have this, this vetting process. We try to eliminate problems from the very beginning, because some people may just have the skill sets needed, they may not have the temperament. they may not have the education. They may not just simply be a good worker. You don't want to take and hire someone on and give them a bunch of training if they're not going to stay there for a long term. So they ask questions, you know, what is, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, what are your intentions? Are you just trying to make time or are you trying to make a career? You know, why are you here? And we've been talking about purpose. And many of us want to know what our purpose is, how do we get to our purpose, what is God's purpose in our lives, and we, we want it. We want it all. And oftentimes, we want to be in the limelight. We want to seem like we're important. We want people to see what we're going to accomplish. We want people to brag on our accomplishments. We want them to look at us. Look at us. But God has a different, different idea. He doesn't care about what man thinks of you. He cares about what's on the inside, what's in your heart, what's on your mind. He cares about how you're going to grow and develop, how you're going to expand. How are you going to get to your purpose? They say that David had a heart for God. And of course, God knows what's on the hearts. But you know that we can see these things too because of the fruits that we bear. Now, let's look at a passage from 1 Samuel 17. And we've been bouncing around this a little bit first part of this year, and uh, like I said before, we can just keep getting more and more out of God's Word. So let's uh, let's look at this. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear that took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and I smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me... I caught him by his beard and I smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. All right, so uh, I want to break it down a little bit. I want to paint a picture here. Now, David, he was the youngest son. And he's doing shepherd work for his father. That's not a pristine job. That's not one you're gonna thrive for as a as a child. You know, you know, as a child, we always think about what what we want to be when we grow up. You know, that's not one of the jobs anyone says on career day. I, I want to be a shepherd. It's a necessary job. It's a job that has to be done. It's very important, but it's not a very glamorous job. And Many times when we're doing something that we feel that's not very glamorous, that we feel is beneath it, sometimes we don't give it our all. You know, case in point, you ever been through the drive through at your favorite fast food restaurant and, uh, when you you get home and you open up the bag your hamburger's not quite wrapped nice and pretty as like you see it on tv and you know the the pickles are off to one side and the onions are off to the other and it's kind of like it's got kind of thrown together haphazardly uh your fries are halfway laying in the, in the bottom of the bag and you might be missing the catch-up package you specifically asked for. That's just a person that's just doing just enough, just getting by. They're there to assemble hamburgers, put them in the bag, and give them to the customers. It's a necessary job. It's an important job. But it's not necessarily a glamorous job. So it doesn't... It gets done... Half-heartedly. And it's not just in low level. At every level of every corporation, there comes a time where people feel like they're not important. They get passed over. That things happen and they feel less than. So they don't feel necessary to give it their all. you know, the person that's always watching, the person that always knows everything we do, even behind the scenes, is God. Now we see David, and he's out here doing this lackluster job. And a lion comes along and snatches up one of these sheep. Now, how many of us would put ourselves in danger for a sheep? And the fact of the matter is, if he had reported that a lion had took down a sheep, you know, nothing probably really would have happened to him. Because it's a lion. It's a lion. There is a real danger there. A real danger. And a reasonable person wouldn't expect you to put your life on the line for a sheep. Same thing with the bear. That's a powerful killing machine. But yet, that one sheep was important. Because David's job wasn't to take care of most of the sheep, some of the sheep, he was to tend to all the sheep. It was his responsibility to make sure that each and every one was accounted for. You know, we don't see this taking place before this passage. There's nowhere we see David talking with his friends or his father or his brother and talking about how he slew these animals. We don't see him wearing their hides as a trophy. We don't see their heads hanging upon his wall. Because I believe he left them right there because it wasn't about the glory. It wasn't about... His accomplishment, it was about doing the task that he was given to do and doing it well and doing it completely. And we see it brought up here. And why? Because many times in life, we go through things We go through intense things. We go through bad things. We go through sad things. We go through things that make us angry. And we say, why God, why? Because sometimes these things can be used once again. And here we see this. We see David talking to to Saul. He's telling him, I have already done these things. This is what I have accomplished. I have been through this. God has seen me through this. And I can now accomplish this task that's in front of me. Because this monster that I gotta face now, this giant called Goliath, he's no different than this lion, than this bear. The lion and the bear had an advantage. They are powerful. They weigh more. They're stronger. And they are bred for killing. Sharp claws, sharp teeth. And here we have David that is small. He's small in stature. We see later on when he goes to put on Saul's armor, it don't even come close to fit. He has to take it off because he can't move in it. What he had, God. Scholars sometimes say that this this killing of this this uh, lion and this bear may have not never happened. It may have just been a tale that he told. Because we have no proof of it, we have no other reference of it. We have no nothing showing of it. But then. God always comes through, they have actually said, yes, that it is quite possible that this can be done. That there was a another real life situation in modern times where a man had to take the life of a large cat by hand. He survived. It was done. It can be done. But he's able to to use this again. This is what I've done. And this is a a two-parter because there's something else that we need to get out of this right now. God was with him. David believed that it was God that delivered him out of the hand, the paws of the lion. When he faced Goliath, he had no fear because he knew that God was with him. In this time of his life, things were really simple for David. You know, we see later on as he's king, and we, he has all these temptations, he has all these things that come against him, you know, all the things of the world, that's, that's where we're at, you know, all these things come against us. But this is early on, before he's been tainted by the world, where David has a really clear outlook of how things work. And it's real simple. Real simple. God... Is with him. If he does. What he is supposed to do. If he completes his task. His. God given. Purpose. At that time. He was there to protect them sheep. And that's what he did. He's doing his. God given. Purpose. And if you're doing that. And you have faith in God. Because God's going to let us do all we can do. And then we... He kicks in and takes us the rest of the way. He fills in the gaps that we can't accomplish ourselves. Can you imagine... You know, God's process. Because we look at these people and we often say, why? Why him? Why not me? We have to look at ourselves and see what we're doing. You know, we want all of these things from God. But what are we going to do with them if we have them? See, David was already... Producing good fruit. David was already showing what he could do. He was showing he could be a good king in the field with the sheep. Because he was doing a non-pristine job. Something that didn't get him any recognition, any attention. When they came to anoint the king, they didn't even have him. He wasn't even a prospect. Because his father thought that one of these other sons would have been much better choice. He wasn't even a prospect. He wasn't respected, wasn't thought of as anything important. Now many of us would have had a, had a bad attitude. Could you imagine if you were sitting out there knowing all this was going on and you're sitting out there and you're not even... In the running? Could you imagine you're the the, the, the least, the less than? And many of us would just, well, it's just one sheep. I'm not worried about it. I'm not putting in that effort. But David did. He risked life and limb to complete his task. To do 100%. To give everything he had to give. God looks at this with each and every one of us. Because we all have, have big ideas. And we have big talk. But talk is nothing if we don't put it into action. You know, if we can just have a little more money. I would be curious... On Saturday nights, I don't even keep track of it. I know I'm thinking about every day of the week now they have some kind of lottery drawing. But I remember it used to be when it first came out, it was always, what, Saturday nights that they would have it on the TV and the little numbers would pop up. I wonder if somewhere in heaven there's a logbook that keeps track of all the prayers that went up. Oh, Lord, please, if I could just hit these numbers just one time, just one time. And I use that for an example, of course, we talked about before about God and the lottery. But, you know, just... We want that, that whimsical fall of, of financial fortune. If we could just have that in some way, shape, or form, how our lives would be different, how we're going to do all these things, how we're going to help all these people. But the thing is, God knows. Because you are who you are right now. We are all a core. We're a heart, we're a mind, we're a spirit, and a body. And everything else is just outside stimulus. If you're not generous with what you have now, you're not going to be generous with more if you're not happy where you're at right now there's nothing else that's going to make you happy you know we go back to in the beginning that first verse in the beginning you know God was there before in the beginning. And the thing about God was, He was content at that point. Creation, us, the heavens, the earth, the angels, that was not for God's amusement. That was not because God was bored and needed something to do. That was not because we're not a, some little ship in a bottle that God was building. We're not some little ant farm. He did that out of love. He did that to create a family. He did that for us. But in the beginning, before all that, God was content. And we are made in God's image. So we should be content in every stage of life. We should be content in no matter what the world throws at us. Count it all joy. We don't see the big picture. We don't see the end game. We don't see how what we're going through right now might benefit us in the future. Before we got started on today's messages, I was talking about a family that I would talked to years ago. I never heard of them, heard from them since. And then yet... I bring it up today, years later, as an example to y'all. We never know what we're going to be able to use. My mom went through breast cancer. It was a very trying time for both her and her family. And she is alive and here today, and I have witnessed many, many times of her being able to use that as a testament of faith to be able to be a support system to people facing the same situation. Sometimes we have to go through uncomfortable situations. But God has purpose. But Our feelings. Feelings get in the way. We need to start learning how to push those aside. We see Joseph enslaved joseph in prison we see paul and all the things that happened to him shipwrecked imprisoned, beaten and both of them never got down in self-pity never turned away from god we are so quick that when things go bad Well, God, it's all your fault. God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why, God, why? You know, God doesn't enjoy our suffering. God sent his son, Jesus, because we were suffering. He doesn't enjoy it. When your children are learning to walk, they fall down. When they learn to ride a bike, they fall off. Sometimes they get hurt. And as a parent, we don't enjoy that. But it's a necessary situation. We have to allow them to go through things, to overcome challenges, to sometimes get a little hurt so they can grow and grow up and mature and be the people that they are intended to be. God is doing the same thing with us. If we never had to face any opposition, then we would never rely on God. If we never had a need, or a want. We would never rely on God. We have to be drawn to him. We make choices each and every day. How are we doing? What are we doing? And why are we doing it? You may be in a situation where you're not in where you feel it's your destiny. You're not where you want to be in life. Well, that's fine. And you can do something about that. There is always a will. There's always a way. You can always pull yourself up, move forward. But the thing is, we need to be content till we get to that point. We need to be doing our very best at every stage. If we're working our way up the ladder at every rung, we need to be at 100%. We need to stop worrying about who is seeing us too and who is doing it. Because it only matters what God sees. And God is going to reward a heart that's after his. You know, if it was left up to the world, the world system, David would have stayed right out there in that field, right out there with the sheep. He probably would have spent his days out there. But with God's intervention... He plucked him out of there and put him as king. And God can do that with each and every one of us. But He's not going to give you the kingdom when you can't even take care of the field, He's not going to give you the mansion when you can't take care of the shack. He's not going to give you much if you can't handle the little. And i got one more scripture I'd like to leave you with today. Matthew 18 and 12. How you... How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them gone astray, do if he not leave the ninety-nine and goeth into the mountains and seek for the one that's gone astray? God's own heart. He cared enough for the, the one to go after it. And that's what God does for each and every one of us. He goes after each and every lost one. The question is, are you going to be there to receive him? When he finds you hiding in the bushes, are you going to run away? Are you going to run into his arms? We all have choices to make. What's your choice today?